Hello and welcome to In Defense of a Movie Podcast. In this episode, we are looking at 1996's The Stupids. Aaron, yes. how's it going? I'm good, and how are you? Good. Are you ready? To, are you ready to get silly? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. like this movie, so I, I'm ready to have some fun with this. Good. Yeah, this uh, this was a pleasant surprise, this film. Um, before we get going, off the top, I want to give a shout out to one of our subreddit users, uh, Silas underscore K. They wrote, The Stupids, I just need an excuse to watch it again. And I said, is it so bad it's good material? And they said, more like so bad, I bought a six pack for it. <laughs> so... That made me curious, and uh, yeah. I actually, I hadn't seen this before, Aaron. I was totally new to this world. Oh, um, man. Have you, had you seen this before? Yeah, I, so I saw it uh, back, you know, back in the day when you're classically flipping through channels looking for things to watch, and then I stumbled across this movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I ended up being like, being sucked into it and just loved it. That seems to be most people's experience with it because it only made $2.5 million at the box office mm-hmm. off a budget of about twenty five. So um, it doesn't seem like anyone actually really went and saw this in theaters. No. It kind of tanked. It's sitting uh, at 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the user rating is 38%. So we're, we're kind of in the lower echelon of movies again for this one. Uh, this is a John Landis film. Which is worth mentioning, John Landis mm-hmm. uh, is a very famous director, director of movies such as Kentucky Fried Movie, Animal House, Blues Brothers and Blues Brothers 2000, Coming to America, Trading Places, Oscar, which is a pretty fun film that I like, and American Werewolf in London. Yeah. So, um, Did you also know that he directed uh, the Thriller music video for Michael Jackson? Oh, yeah. He did, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and that, really that, that music video won like a ton of awards and whatnot. Yeah, totally. And and this movie also has a cameo from his son, Max Landis, uh, who gets a bunch of paint thrown on him <laughs> at the beginning <laughs> there. And Max Landis went on to uh, become a director himself. He directed Dirks Gently and uh, oh, a couple I didn't of like, stoner comedies and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. some pretty cool connective tissue. There's actually a lot of weird cameos in this film. And yeah. Of course, a lot of weird things going on in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, Aaron, why don't you unpack this a little bit for us? Okay, first off, we got Tom Arnold as Stanley Stupid, <laughs> uh, Jessica Lundy as Joan Stupid, Bug Hall as Buster Stupid, and uh, Alex McKenna as Petunia Stupid. And so, yeah, so that's like the main stupid family that you need to know. <laughs> the main stupid family. Yeah. Um, oh, where to start? So I guess this movie is, uh, it's just one of those, it's stupid. <laughs> that's like, yeah. it's, which is so funny because that's the only way you can describe it. Um, they're kind of just bumble their way through life be, with their stupid, um, <laughs> what would you call it? Like, I don't know, decisions that they make and the ideas that they come up with that just lands them in all these different weird situations. And throughout the movie, you find out that some of the crazy, stupid things that they came up with um, are actually real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's something so manic about this movie. Um, yeah. This movie sent me on a roller coaster where I was in these peaks and valleys with it constantly. Where at one point in time, you know, at one point I'd just be shaking my head and audibly going like, "Oh my gosh, no!" And then the yeah. next moment would be like laughing, you know, like I, yeah. I had all these guilty laughs where it, it was almost like um, it felt like I was having a staring contest with the movie, and every once in a while I would I would break, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so I weird. was. Uh... <laughs> I was reading a review on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and one of them was like, "You have to set aside all brain activity in yeah. order to watch this movie," which is like <laughs> sort of true. You just you can't you can't go into it expecting anything amazing, but yeah, just I don't know, like dad joke level almost, where it's just yeah. so stupid it's funny. Yeah, totally. This movie's like uh, this movie's like water through rocks like through a canyon where it just slowly erodes at it slowly softens it up until pretty soon by the end of the movie it's just like a free flow (laughs) yeah 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 that's yeah that's exactly it aaron i i came up with a i I wrote down a a line here that kind of kind of summarized how i felt about this movie 
because I was looking at that 20% and I was thinking like, and it's actually, it's not a lot of critics actually that really did Mm -hmm. review this movie on Rotten Tomatoes per se. I think it's only like half a dozen. Um, But if you go to some of the other like uh, critic sites and stuff, it does, it does have very low ratings sort of across the board. But what struck me is like this movie's called The Stupids, you know? Mm -hmm. So here's the thing, like criticizing a movie called The Stupids is like drinking a glass of orange juice and then saying <laughs> it's the worst glass of wine you've ever had. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like, it's just... No, 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 no. It, no. it, doesn't it would sense. be like It would be like drinking a glass of orange juice and saying it doesn't taste like oranges. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it's, like, it's like drinking a glass of orange juice and then going... <laughs> Yeah, uh uh-huh. It's like drinking a glass of orange juice and saying, this is the worst car I've ever driven. Yeah. (laughs) No, what I'm trying to say is like, (laughs) when you're like, you watch a movie called The Stupids and then you go online and you say, this movie was totally stupid. And you're like, yeah, Yeah. no no kidding. Like, that's, yes, you're right. Correct. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I, I feel like the humor was lost on a lot of people. If that makes sense. This is um, something, probably my core discussion point for this film is mm-hmm. exactly around that. Um, yeah. The, the something, before we even get into the plot, one thing I want to mention about this film that really jumped out at me, Aaron, is um, this movie doesn't use like foil characters or like mm-hmm. quote unquote the straight guy character. Yeah. Usually in a film, when you have a bumbling idiot, um, you have a character that plays the straight guy that that all that stuff deflects off of so that we know that they're unintelligent because of the way the other character is reacting to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have like, uh, it's usually in buddy cop films, you have the one character who's the comic relief, but then you have mm-hmm. the other stoic character who's um, constantly telling the audience how we should feel. Now, mm-hmm. the thing that's so claustrophobic and, and manic about this film is you don't have that. So you have like Tom Arnold or you have um, uh, Jessica Lundy like looking right at the camera and telling us their inner thoughts and the dumb things they're thinking and the dumb things, the choices they're making. And it's up to only the audience to decide if we think it's stupid or not or if we mm-hmm. think it's dumb or not. And yeah. I think that alienates a lot of people who kind of like are more used to a more um, traditional way of telling those kind of stories. Mm-hmm. So there's th- there's something about that decision mm-hmm. that makes this movie feel very unique and very strange to me. Um, Tom Arnold, for some reason, talks like a robot in this movie. Like he has this very mm-hmm. alien way of of talking and... I don't know, man. It's it's really uncomfortable at times in a certain way to me. Yeah. I think for me, I just really enjoyed the just just how they just stumble in, into situations all the time. And everyone throughout the movie thinks that they're like they know what's going on, but they have no idea whatsoever. And I don't yeah. I don't know what it is about that specific type of humor. But I just, I find it so funny, and uh, it started making me think of other movies that are like this. And I started thinking of like Get Smart, um, Inspector mm. Gadget, and like all those movies, and uh, like almost any Leslie Nielsen movie that he was in yeah. is like yeah. it has this very similar type of uh, humor. And I I remember just loving all those movies growing up, and I feel like we don't see enough of uh, this style of comedy anymore. I don't even think we see any any of this type of comedy anymore yeah exactly no this is this is a this is a bygone era this film Mm -hmm. for sure because it just gets wackier and wackier to the point where you it gets it gets surreal like there's this weird tim burton-esque quality about this film where even the house they live in is super colorful and vibrant and the textures everything's cut this wacky like insane asylum feeling like i almost expected at the end of the film for it to like zoom out of someone's head and then be like you know it's just some guy (laughs) in a padded room (laughs) yeah so so a bit of a bit of context to this movie aaron yeah um i did some digging and it turns out that this movie is an adaptation of a book series from Mm -hmm. like the 70 late 70s and 80s yeah and the book series was actually banned 
because um, all these like sensitive parents at the time felt like because it was aimed for children, um, they felt that the book series was encouraging kids to think that being stupid was mm. good or fun, yeah. and to do poorly in school and to misbehave and all this stuff. So it was actually banned outright at one point in time. Um, and there's there's video after video on YouTube of different people reading these stories, um, kind of defiantly of this of this banning. One morning, Stanley Q. Stupid woke up with a funny feeling. Something really stupid is going to happen today, he said. Oh, wow, said the two stupid kids. And from listening to them or watching a bunch of them and hearing these books, <laughs> I can tell you with certainty that this is probably one of the best film adaptations. Oh, really? <laughs> like, the the writing in this in this movie the way they talk is exactly the way they talk in the books okay yeah it's it's really alarming um the books are called the stupids and yeah they have weird titles like the stupids die or something like that mm-hmm. so, and and that was based on that little planetarium scene like there's okay. all these different um the movie is basically like a mashup of a bunch of the the, the the different books because mm-hmm. the books are very short. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if in the books they go more on uh sender. Cause I wonder, I, hey. Yeah, I was so curious. Like they they just introduced it and then they did nothing with it. And you're like, well, yeah. what's going on? This amazing scene with Christopher Lee yeah. who's just yeah, yeah. hamming it up with his like fake nails and his like uh, Dracula style mm-hmm. movements, <laughs> just the most amazing scene in this film. And then you don't even know if it's real or not. You yeah. don't know if it's like in Tom Arnold's head or if it was actually real. Oh, it was real. <laughs> it was real to me, but it goes on for so long before you yeah. to leave you wondering if it's real or not. <laughs> Letters easier to open than pistachio. What's inside is more delicious. If you still love me, Sally, tie a ribbon round the old oak tree. I'm afraid the only thing that's going to be hanging from that tree is you, Bob. You know, to to this day, anytime, uh, anytime I'm like, I have to write on a piece of mail, like return to sender, I flash back to this movie. Every, really? Yeah, yeah. To this day, <laughs> or if I get a, if I see a piece of mail that says that, like, this is instantly where my mind goes, is thinks back to this movie. Yeah, there's the jokes and the quips they they come hard they come fast and it, it's, mm-hmm. it's relentless it's absolutely relentless are you all right how did it go in there well joan we had a remarkable 20 minutes we died went to heaven met god and got brought back to life but still no sign of sender mm. what happened to you guys i couldn't find many interviews with people on on the movie um but there was a couple articles uh when they interviewed john landis and a lot of people slam this film, but John Landis says it's one of the movies he's most proud of, and mm-hmm. he says it does absolutely gangbusters on TV, like ratings-wise. Like, it really has a cult following on on television whenever it plays, which is your experience with it, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd never seen it, but but John Landis, um, he talks a lot about the, the commentary on, like, society and stuff like that in it, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's kind of subtext, but if you if you focus on it, it's, it, it is there. Like, there's a lot of weird social commentary on, on, like, American culture and things like that. Yeah. I guess there's two different ways to view this movie. One way is, you know, kind of on the surface where you just take the jokes in stride and, you know, you like it or you hate it. But it, you could really pick this thing apart and analyze all the social and political, you know, stuff. You really could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to argue that this movie is a lot smarter than people gave it credit for. Yeah, well, the writing certainly is, mm-hmm. um, because every single dot that they that they drew, they had to connect with a line to another dot, and they somehow successfully did the entire thing. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I feel like this film could be like, um, you know, if you were a screenplay writer, I feel like this film should be required viewing, because... It's an exercise in like convenience in writing mm-hmm. and like threading narratives and things like that. Yeah. 
Um, it's done in like a really strange way. Like this movie feels like it was made by aliens, um, <laughs> which is weird because there's aliens. Oh in it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about those. It reminds me a lot of uh, like like how Arrested Development works, where you see all these scenes yeah. and then it all comes together kind of in the end. Yeah, that is a very very good comparison, actually. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I was have kind of this ensemble. Yeah, I was watching it with a friend, and uh, they kept freaking out about it. And I said, "I like you just have to wait. You have to wait until you get to the end because it's one of these movies where you like if you turn it off in the first ten minutes, like like it is a bad idea because like you won't get it. You have to keep watching to like get the full like view of everything." Yeah. It kind of reminded me of like flipping through the pages of like uh, a Far Side comic <laughs> or something. You yeah. Know? Where the jokes just they they all have a certain texture and flavor to them. Like when um, the boy is you know he's walking his fish because it's on the cart you know, <laughs> and yeah. then the, the, one of the funniest things to me was when uh, Petunia was kind of transcribing that note to leave for their mom. Yeah. And all all the boy writes is police kidnapped your children. <laughs> yeah. And then and then the mom uh, what's what's the mom's name again? Uh, Jessica uh, Lundy plays her. Yeah, Joan Stupid. Joan Stupid calls the police. <laughs> we have your children, and she just looks at the. She looks directly at the camera and says, "It's true. The police have kidnapped <laughs> my children." Hello, is this Mrs. Stupid? Yes. I'm calling from the police station, Mrs. Stupid. We uh, have your children here, ma'am. Oh my God! It's true. The police have kidnapped my children. I think that's when I was on board. I was like, okay, I, I think I can wrap my head around this. My, I think my favorite scene was probably when they're in that garbage pile and they're selling the guns or whatever. And he just kind of, he just, Stanley Stupid just infiltrates like all these mob bosses and gang leaders. And it's like, what yeah. are you guys doing here? And then when he keeps bumping into them. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh! So slapstick, so funny. Yeah. Oh, it's it's so good. I that humor, like I said, I want to see a modern, uh, stupid's movie. It's just it's so weird. Like, uh, just having Tom Arnold narrate all the all the mm-hmm. different thoughts and jokes and punchlines that he has, without there being another character there to bounce that stuff off of. It's just. Yeah. It's it's such a weird feeling. I didn't realize how y- used to that dynamic I was until I watched this movie. And then I was like, oh, man, I, I really am trained to expect there to be another character in these kind of scenes to say, like, come on, you idiot. That's, what are you, dumb or something? You know, like, mm-hmm. it's just not in this film. Yeah. Gosh, there's so much shocking stuff in this, Aaron. But before we, okay, before we get into that, how about you... <laughs> Why don't you, uh, Aaron, unpack the plot? What exactly is this movie about? Oh man, this movie, this movie is, <laughs> is, is so crazy. So the way it starts out is uh, Tom Arnold, Stanley Stupid, is puts his trash outside his lawn, like on on the curb, and then he goes to pick up his trash cans and realizes there's no trash in the trash cans, and so he starts freaking out, saying someone stole his garbage. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so so he proceeds to like do a stakeout um, to find out who's stealing the garbage, and of course uh, the garbage men come by to like pick up the trash, and he starts chasing them and following them to see where they take <laughs> the trash, uh, yeah. <laughs> which leads him to the garbage dump. Um, then he stumbles into the, what is it? The, uh, like someone from high up in the American, uh, army is trying to sell guns to like a bunch of gang leaders and, and other countries to what, to like promote war or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, so he stumbles onto that. Then he kind of gets like marked by the military because, they think that he's like CIA or FBI or something and is trying to report them. And, and yeah, so it's like, it's just like one big misunderstanding is technically what's happening. Mm-hmm. And so after that, I guess they, they're trying to find out where their dad is, right? Like the kids? Yeah. And then they, they, they go to the police station to file a report, but they end up leaving that note that says they got kidnapped by the police. Uh, then the mom freaks out. Then I guess they, like, <laughs> they finally all eventually, like, meet back together. 
and uh, oh, what was his name? There was I feel like I'm missing something here. There was someone someone else that was bad. Like besides, uh, it was the professor. What was the, no the art curator? Oh yeah, the old guy. Yeah, yeah. And so they just like mistakenly take this this uh, this art curator as the bad guy, and mm-hmm. uh, they start like going after him. It is like very, yeah, it, yeah, it is very confusing to explain. It's such a web, a twisted web. Um, I guess the plot is they're trying, Tom Arnold's trying to uncover the, yeah. the greater mystery of like who Sender is and where his yeah. garbage is going. And it's so <laughs> tough to explain because, yeah, it just, there's so many different, um, like things that are happening like you have the kids who are you know supposedly get kidnapped by the police then you have the wife that's going after the kids and tom arnold is like uh first season's investigating why the garbage is being stolen then after that he's like (laughs) getting chased by the military then after that he meets up with the kids and they're like now they're going after the art curator guy, and then yeah. and then meanwhile they they've also discovered that um, Tom Arnold had a conspiracy about a man named Sender who all the mail was <laughs> was being sent to. Then then all of a sudden you figure that there is a guy named Sender who is the equivalent of the devil, and I guess is taking people's mail back and just burning it. But is that is that scene in Tom Arnold's head, or is that a real scene though? Oh, it's a real scene because the police officer work walks in at the end and is like the st- stupids know or whatever, and he and he says that after, and that was the same same police officer officer that returned the kids to the home. Oh man, see, I just don't know if that's a real scene or not. <laughs> that's so weird. Yeah, because it is the same police officer, but it's so surreal. Like he's just got this weird cavern with like. Uh, this horrible blast furnace and you know yeah. mail everywhere and it's just the weirdest thing yeah it's uh but the thing is is nothing in this movie ever seemed to be um in his head you know and so why would mm-hmm. one scene all of a sudden be imaginary in his head and i think that's the thing about this movie is that it's just so crazy and wild that this is a real thing that happens so yeah it's such a disorienting movie. Yeah, it's like, I, I never realized how hard it would be to explain the plot of The Stupids. Yeah, a movie called The Stupids, you wouldn't think it'd be so tough to explain, but truly yeah. it is. The plot, by the time you know what the plot is, it's the movie's over in a weird way. Like It just keeps piling yeah. up and piling up and piling up. Aaron, a couple a couple really bizarre things I wanted to mention, which, okay. will, which adds to the mystery of this film. Um the colonel, that bad guy, played mm-hmm. by Mark Metcalf, his name is Colonel Niedemeyer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen Animal House? A uh, long time ago. Not so long ago that I barely remember it. Okay. So the, the, um, I grew up watching that movie. Well, I mean, probably watched it too young. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's one of the movies my dad really liked or whatever, yeah. so I saw it a lot. Um, Mark Metcalf plays Colonel Niedemeyer in that film, too. Okay. So he plays the same character in two different movies. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm like, I get it. Like John Landis is, you know, behind both of those films. But it's such a weird choice to have this actor play the same character in two different movies. Um, he, they never mention his, him by name as being that name, but he wears like that Niedermeyer, um name tag when you first mm-hmm. see him. So in a weird way, it like shares a universe with Animal House. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> And another rad thing, this is this is really cool. Um, Alex McKenna, who plays Petunia Stupid, um, is the voice of Sadie Adler in Red Dead Redemption 2, which is um, an amazing game and an amazing character. So um, that's a really cool connective thing I thought was rad. Mm-hmm. Also, randomly, uh, David Cronenberg makes a cameo in this film as uh, oh, his yeah. boss, the male boss or whatever. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. David Cronenberg did uh, The Fly and A History of Violence and a few other films that are pretty yeah. wild. So just a weird, weird cast, man. So many people yeah. come and go in this film. Do you think, though, that uh, th- it was kind of more common in the 90s that these kind of these types of movies that were kind of off the wall, stupid comedy, they always had a ton of cameos in them. They did. 
They really, really did. Yeah. And this this movie reminded me so much of uh, Master of Disguise because I, I just kept thinking about Master of Disguise being the end of an era. Mm-hmm. And, um, because it felt so similar in tone to this film where it was just, you know, that same kind of wacky, free-flowing nature of it. Although yeah. I think this movie is more smartly written than Master of Disguise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I don't think he could get away with like randomly having like stop motion cats and dogs. Oh yeah. So that I wanted to actually ask you about that because yeah. if there was anything in this movie that I would think um is in in like Stanley's head, I think it would be the dog and the cat. Oh, that's interesting. This it's such a weird choice because um they they look like they did in the books, which is kind of cool. So I think mm-hmm. part of it's that because I guess in the books what it was was like the cat and the dog were kind of like their guardian angels in a weird mm, way. They always yeah, okay. ended up getting them out of trouble ultimately. Yeah. So it was like a bunch of quote unquote stupid humans that were you know being held together by this cat and dog that would yeah. unknowingly kind of save them. Yeah. This also reminded me of Inspector Gadget where they had uh, oh yeah Penny Penny and I can't remember the dog's name Brain. I think it was, uh, yeah, and yeah. they were always and they were always saving him and like you know, because he was just kind of dumb and stumbling through things. Yeah, that's yeah, especially the, um, the the rollerblading scene between yeah. like the, the hat and the and the rollerblading that definitely had a gadget feel to it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love how you can see his knee pads like right through his slacks too. <laughs> uh, yeah, did not even try to hide that. No. <laughs> Gosh, there's so much. There's so much. Like, I'm just looking over my notes, and when I, I, I just see all these different things out of context, and they make no sense on their own. <laughs> okay, Dad, we need to discuss something serious, though, about this movie. Okay. Can you be your own grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know. Uh... I've had it stuck in my head ever since, but I still can't <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> I I was like, there's no way you can be your own grandpa unless you go back in time. But you could technically be did. your like step grandpa. You could be your own step grandpa. Ah, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to. I just after the movie, I kept like thinking about him, trying to connect the dots of how this would work. And I was hoping yeah. you might be able to shed some light on this. You know, for this episode, I was tempted to like write down the lyrics of this song and break <laughs> it out in like a big spider web and and explain it all. But I just felt like mm. it was. I don't know if the payoff was worth the work. I was like, I don't know, man. It's it's so confusing. Um, yeah. If you haven't seen this movie and you're wondering what we're talking about, there's uh, there's literally a music a musical number in this movie. Um, Tom Arnold somehow stumbles onto the set of like uh it's some sort of talk show. Yeah, like trashy reality show. Not reality show, uh trashy talk show, like Jerry Springer or like Maury, one of those types of shows. Yeah. And the other people on stage, they all have these weird uh family I can't remember what they are, but they're all super bizarre and shocking. Yeah. And then they get to Tom Arnold and he just says, Well, I'm my own grandpa. Yeah. And then breaks into a like complicated, crazily complicated song that lasts about two minutes of movie time. Yeah. <laughs> it's that... it's it's so shocking. <laughs> yeah. That song did go on forever. You're your own grandpa? That's right. Well, for those of us who've never heard of such a thing, maybe you could explain. Of course. It's it's quite simple, really. Many, many years ago when I was 23 I was married to a widow who was pretty as could be This widow had a grown-up daughter who had hair of red My father fell in love with her and soon they two were wed This made my dad my son-in-law and changed my very life For my daughter was my mother cause she was my father's wife And yeah, of course we mentioned earlier there's these aliens uh, in this film, these mm-hmm. aliens that somehow get the paper, the, the morning paper from Earth, yeah. and uh, they they read this typo that uh, I guess Stanley Stupid was making fun of the pilots for picking their noses. 
I know this sounds bizarre, but I'm not making it up. And and then uh, so the aliens decide they're going to fly to Earth and, and and murder him because they don't like that he made fun of him. <laughs> yeah. And then you kind of forget the aliens were a thing until like the very end when they do show up. Yeah. Oh, can, he... <laughs> can we talk about the scene where they're at the um, they're at the newspaper place? The yeah. the and they upload a picture of him, but they put it into, I swear, a floppy disk drive. They do, yeah. But then somehow the picture is on the front page of the newspaper. Yeah. I don't know, man. But I, also I this... they, they like completely fry every single computer system in that building. Yeah, like there's sparks flying out of every single computer somehow. Yeah. Um, let's talk about specifically things now that we want to like defend because I definitely have a few and I want to hear your thoughts on this for okay. sure. So, so do you want to start? Uh, you start. Okay. So right off the bat, uh, the music for this film is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, the music was by Christopher Stone and the, th- this movie starts with like uh, credits and overture, that kind of style, which is a style that I love and I, I, I wish still happened, but yeah. I just don't think modern audiences have the patience for it anymore but mm-hmm. uh, i love when movies start that way because you kind of get introduced to the universe through the score mm-hmm. um the music in this film is massive for what it is and it's constantly changing and there's all these little homage beats whether it be like classical pieces or even themes from other films um to kind of compliment what's going on but the music it's it's so adventurous and bombastic It's like watching like Willow or, or or a Star Trek film or something. The music in this film has no business being this good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I definitely want to defend the acting because there's especially like Christopher Lee. You know, the kids <laughs> I think are great in this yeah. film. They're, they're so good at, at what they do. Um, there's this one scene where Buster, they think they've gone back in time, him and his mom, because oh, yeah. they're in the basement. <laughs> and there's this really weird scene where Buster, so, <laughs> he, he decides he's going to write him his name on a rock that he thinks is a prehistoric rock. So when they go forward in time, he'll be like the supreme overarching overlord of like the entire planet. Yeah. And he goes like mad with power. And it's just, and, and, and the look on his mom's face is just like horror and shock because your kid's like just deeply disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Just think, my name is now the first word ever written. This rock will be the most secret mystery on earth. Buster, snap out of it. When mankind learns to read, I'll be worshipped. Nations will rise and fall in my name. Life on Earth will be nothing but a footnote to a buster. We gotta get out of here. Did he kill someone? Like in that one scene where he's fighting someone and... oh, I think he kills a couple people. Yeah, like that, that to me was crazy because I don't think any of them killed any anyone except for him. No, he like drops, he drops a, uh, a power pole on a couple guys. Yeah. <laughs> and it like hammers them into the road in like uh, Looney Tunes fashion. Yeah. Also, oh yeah, that, that seems so weird because like they, the one guy's going to shoot them, right? Mm-hmm. And the other guy's like, no, let's use the crossbow. So they shoot the arrow and then um, Buster pulls the arrow and drops the pole on them. But yeah. like those power poles, if you think about how tall they are, that means those guys were like right beside them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. They're like, they're within what? Uh, how tall are power poles? Like 30 feet or something uh, like that? Like not very like, much. Not more than 50 feet. That's for sure. Yeah. So this guy's going to shoot the family with a crossbow from like 50 yeah. some odd feet away. <laughs> but you know what? It's 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 like it's plausible. <laughs> it is. It's just so impractical and I think that's what makes this movie so entertaining. Yeah. Is everything is wildly impractical. 
but it's all plausible. That's one thing that I, I like enjoyed about it. Because as much as you want to be like, no, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't work. It's like, it could. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. I, I do feel like the bumbling assassin mm-hmm. slash hitman thing has been done to death, though. That's that's. I think that's my only true criticism of this whole film, to mm. be honest, is like that, how... Um, one character is just so bumbling and, and, and just happens to defeat all these expert bad guys. But then you have the overarching bad guy who thinks that the idiot is actually incredibly gifted and talented and is stringing them mm-hmm. along and stuff. I, I feel like I'm I'm very sick of that trope in particular in movies. Really? Yeah. Well, I just, I guess, because I grew up watching all the Leslie Nielsen films yeah. and a lot of comedies and stuff like that. And I just... Uh, I just feel like it's just been beaten yeah. to death. I feel like I could watch a movie every day that had something like that in in it. Really, hey? Yeah. I, and you know, another thing is that anime actually does that a lot. It does that where they just have a bumbling kind of stupid character. And people will think, up. yeah, who like, I don't know if you ever watched uh, like One Punch Man, I think it is kind of like that same same style of humor. Um, mm. Yeah, just uh, just a bunch of them have that in there. And I, I don't know why I just like I like I am the target audience for movies like this where I'll just eat it all up. <laughs> I always want to see characters ultimately like uh, elevate that and become truly badass. Yeah. But in movies like this, they never do. They're always bumbling from start to finish. And mm-hmm. they might have a little bit of character growth, um, which is cool. Like Stanley Stupid when he stands up to all those guys in the warehouse. That's that's a really cool character moment. Yeah. Um, but just the, the the bumbling like man who knew too little kind of thing where you're like, oh, this guy's an idiot, but everyone thinks he's super... Uh, dangerous yeah it's just i don't know how many times i've seen that i i should have wrote down some examples to say but i i think i think i'm not probably the target audience for that but um at the same time there's so much to like in this film otherwise what about you aaron what do you want to defend so what i want to defend uh is i guess this is a stupid character or the family together um i think that from like a human perspective is is kind of how I want to approach it, right? And in in this movie, they are stupid and they say stupid things and they do <laughs> stupid things, but at the core of them, they are like good people. And mm, yeah. uh, you you see it continuously through throughout it. And I kind of feel like, and I kind of like it. And the the thing that I like about it the most is that they didn't have much going on for them. Um, everything that was they were they were thinking that it was kind of like you said was set on screen, and so you kind of understood um, who they were as people. It yeah. wasn't anything more. It wasn't anything less. Like everything they were was like put on to screen for you to see, which I really enjoyed because you just got a sense that they were like actually good people and they actually wanted to make a difference in the world. And even though that they were stupid and lacked knowledge and all that sort of stuff, they still Mm -hmm. went about trying to make things better. And I think that's like a great, like super positive message that we could all use in the world today. It doesn't, it doesn't matter like where you come from, what, uh, like how smart you are. If you're going to just push forward and, and well, I don't know, I guess it's kind of uh, like it's kind of my way of thinking that, it, you know, like almost like karma. Like if you're going to go do good things, like good things will happen to you. And yeah. uh, that's how that's how I felt like this movie kind of shook out is that they mm. they were just trying to do good things. And eventually, like they did, they yeah, foiled, they foiled, they foiled the plan, you know? Yeah, that's totally true. But, um one of the things that really jumped out at me was um, the writing and, and mm-hmm. the strength of the writing. Yeah. Um, because in order to storyboard out, like, if, like in order to screenwrite this film, um, I think it takes a lot of talent because it's easy to watch this film and the easy take would just be, oh, it's, it's dumb. But like mm-hmm. if you really think about what it takes to write these story beats and keep track of all these different moving parts and running gags and tie everything up with a bow as it happens, mm-hmm. but to do it in a way that really didn't seem that forced. Yeah. Um, I, I have to imagine it takes a lot of talent um, to keep this thing on the rails the way it does, because it's not a long movie. I mean, um, it, it feels long in parts, but mm-hmm. Brent Forrester was the writer for this. A lot of his writing credits are in TV, and some of his writing credits include uh, The Office, 
which I really think shows in his sensibilities mm. and the way he ties things together. Um, he also wrote a, he wrote an episode of King of the Hill, and he wrote a bunch of Mr. Show with Bob and David. Yeah. Um, he also wrote a few episodes of The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. And even Ben Stiller's show from like way back when. Oh, wow. When you look at this as a sitcom where you have your A story, your B story, and your C story, mm-hmm. and you try to wrap everything up in a bow by the end of the film, um, it does a fantastic job of that. To like it, this, almost, this movie almost feels like an audition tape for a writer to mm-hmm. work in television. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, Because if good you point. can keep track of this many threads, then you can knock an episode of The Office out of the park or The Simpsons out of the park, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, so I guess the A story would be Tom Arnold. The B story would be, like, his, his wife and kids. And then the C story is Niedermeyer trying to get what he wants, I guess, as, like, the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I think that's how I would structure that. But, yeah, man, this is a uh, – if you're a screenwriter, holy cow, you, you you need to watch this movie and, and try to unpack what they did because – if you tried to beatboard this, like page seven, they're here. Mm-hmm. Page thirty, they're here. Page seventy-five, here's the twist. Whatever, um, I think you'd be pretty blown away by how it lands. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I I really enjoy the family dynamics as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just between them, like great great uh, chemistry between like everyone there. They were they were just like believable. Yeah, is how I, how I, yeah, I would I would describe it. Like I think that this could be an actual family somewhere out there. <laughs> it probably is, man. And I hope so. And I would like to meet you. <laughs> the thing that struck me right out of the gate is that you're dropped into a day in the life of with the mm-hmm. stupids. Yeah. And when you see how they interact with the world around them, you can't help but wonder how the heck they even got to where they are. You're like, yeah. how do they have a mortgage? How do they have a nice house? <laughs> how did they give birth to two kids? How did they like, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do they live in middle, well, it's shot in Toronto, but like how do they live in like suburban America? Like yeah. it's, it's I think if I had done this film, I probably would have started with like an opening montage of like uh, pictures or film video of them kind of getting married and coming together and showing, you know, beat, you know, just over the credits or something, showing beat yeah. for beat kind of the the stupidity that all suddenly that or that culminated in them being there. But this movie is so disoriented, orienting because it just drops you right into the mm-hmm. day in the life of, and they're like go (laughs) yeah you have to keep up yeah i was i was saying the same thing i was like this movie just does not stop no it doesn't the 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 jokes and the gags are right from the opening shot yeah things to do today make check mark on paper cross item out no time for that i'm afraid and finally say that seems pretty senseless, but whatever. That seems pretty senseless, but whatever. Here we go. <laughs> like, and again, don't... very, very similar to Master of the Skies. Like, just goes. Yeah, and it feels like this this semi-alternate state of reality, like the way their house is decorated and mm-hmm. th- these animated characters, like stop-motion characters. It really does have this otherworldly, just like one-degree off of reality feel to it like yeah. master of disguise does mm-hmm. what a strange little film man i'm really glad yeah. uh that this uh, we have some other recommendations i think obviously we're going to get to but i'm really glad to have discovered the stupids uh because it's it's taught me so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i the i'd hate to admit it but i think that this movie has had a bigger impact on me as like growing up than i i give it credit for I wish I could have grown up with this film. It's kind of, I, I feel so criminal that it was kept from me. I don't know yeah. how I missed well, that, it. Well, <laughs> that's the other thing that's strange about this movie is out of all my friends, I've only know of one person who has heard of this movie, let alone seen it. <laughs> and like, it, it seems like no one knows about it. It's definitely a hidden gem. Yeah, you were the only person I knew that had seen it. Yeah. Um, when it came up on Reddit, I had to look it up. I was, I had no idea. So, and then when I looked at the cast, I was like, "Why have I never heard of this film?" Yeah. And me watching it was purely by chance as well. It just happened to be on TV. Very strange, man. This, this, thinking back to that, I was. Uh, this is kind of like one of those old timer thoughts. But I miss the day and age of like channel <laughs> flipping. Hey. Yeah. 
And this, this movie made me think of that because I don't know how many movies um, out there that I've seen just because of randomly channel flipping and then you come across something and you start watching it. This movie is like the pinnacle of 90s TV. Yeah. Like when you're flipping on movies. The only other movie to me, like this felt, it, it reminded me a lot of like uh, how I felt when I first watched like Dennis the Menace or something mm-hmm. like that. Where it just had that feel-good, wholesome, silly vibe. Yeah. This is very much a family film, in my opinion. Um, oh, yeah. It's very, very clean. Yeah. Some of the gags, like, the gags never really go too far. There is some hilariously shocking things. Like, I I nearly choked on, on I think I was drinking water, I nearly choked on some water when that lady sitting in her car uh, lighting up a cigarette and they're playing that little elevator music. Mm-hmm. And then... The stupids front enter with their car like at full <laughs> speed, and the yeah. airbag goes off, and it just like your car just gets munched. It's so shocking, and, you're and just it like, like oh explodes my God. too. Yeah, it just explodes. <laughs> and she's just like sitting there with the cigarette still in her mouth, and like, yeah, oh my gosh, it's yeah. such a good scene. Yeah. So, um, one more thing I want to defend, Aaron. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really want to delve like uh, I didn't really want to delve too much into the social commentary side of this movie just because yeah. I feel like it's so open to interpretation and because it's speaking to a specific society that's not really like like it's like more like American culture and stuff and mm-hmm. as Canadians I just don't I I don't really feel equipped to like properly unpack that per se yeah but no that makes sense one of the things I did want to mention though which I thought was awesome is um I love how this movie um take shots at conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. I feel like we need this movie right now in culture, you know, mm-hmm. to just show people how, like, when you get tunnel vision and you have this kooky idea about something, you can't usually see how silly it seems unless you're looking at it from the outside in. Yeah. And I feel like what this movie does really well is show just the sheer stupidity behind some of these sort of crackpot things that people mm-hmm. latch onto. Yeah, and this movie is just like a, like a breath of fresh air in that you know, like the the whole garbage per, gar, garbage men are taking their garbage to the dump. It's mm-hmm. a normal thing, but he stays up late at night. He's trying to get a look at it. He doesn't even mm. know what the garbage. He thinks these mysterious guys are stealing his trash for nefarious purposes. And man, if this isn't the movie that some people need to watch right now, just to see mm. how silly some of this stuff is. But you know what the best part is? Is there's a tiny bit of believability to everything, every conspiracy theory that he comes up with. Oh, totally. Yeah. And so so the same same thing goes is like all these crazy people who come up with their conspiracy theories. Uh, we're talking about you flat earthers. And yeah, that was the big <laughs> one that jumped out at me. If it's one yeah. conspiracy, I will mow down its flat earth. For yeah. Sure. yeah. And so. <laughs> Sorry for the three subscribers we just lost. Yeah. Throw, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or. Uh, but like that's that's what that's what I've always liked about the flat earther is like just the things that they come up to prove it. It's so yeah. very entertaining. Well, when when Tom Arnold when he breaks out the whiteboard and and really like draws mm-hmm. it all out, it's it's so it's hilarious how much sense you can make of it in terms of, in the context of their their day in that world, you know. Yeah. What's crazy to me, too, is, like, this is the day in the life of the stupid. So you kind of leave mm-hmm. the film getting the impression that every single day <laughs> is a new chaotic adventure with them. Yeah. Well, Aaron, um, I guess, yeah, I'm, I've ran the course of the notes here. Is there mm-hmm. anything else you'd like to say about the stupids? Yeah, I, I would just say definitely watch this movie um, mm-hmm. if, you, if you haven't already because... Like we said, there's there's a lot more going on underneath the surface. Uh, just keep an open mind. You know, if if you don't like the Mel Brooks, uh, Leslie Nielsen, uh, that type of humor, then maybe stay away from this movie altogether. But if you if you do like that type of humor, check it out because uh, it's worth it. And 
Yeah, like like all the things that we were saying and things that go under underneath the surface there, it definitely makes for a good movie. And you can watch it with your family, so that's an added bonus there. Yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, as listeners of this podcast, I kind of feel like you probably have the right amount of patience to watch this film. Mm-hmm. It, 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 but if you're one of those people who kind of, you know, just like, oh, this is dumb, this is stupid, this is dumb, then this this film's not for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's That's just a fact, but like... You know, man, the guts it takes to call a movie the stupids and just like own it, you know, from start mm-hmm. to finish, just own it. That's yeah. really remarkable. I never would have thought that this little book series would inspire, be like inspirational source material for a movie with yeah. you know, peak, peak Tom Arnold, John Landis, who is responsible for all these classic comics. Mm-hmm. It's pretty interesting. It just, it just, you know, you never know what's going to end up on screen. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much to our community for introducing us to or introducing me to the stupids and mm-hmm. giving us the reason to watch it. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what would you give it? How would what would you say to recommend this to somebody? Oh, I would say, uh, do you like conspiracy theories? Uh, <laughs> do you like bumbling idiots? Uh, do you like the most stupid humor that you'll probably ever watch? Do you then, like stop motion animals? Are you a flat earther? <laughs> because you will like this movie. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah. Perfect. Perfect send off. Well, okay. If you had to give it a rating, what would you give it? Well, I'd give it a lot more than 20% because mm-hmm. it's just such, it's such an interesting film. Yeah. And again, like I said, as an exercise in, in writing, and in writing for convenience and threading narratives and, you know, all those little movie tricks that, that people do. Um, I would rate it quite highly, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and the performances, the music, the set design. Yeah, man, this is, this is, uh, this is over 50% for me. Um, yeah. just, I, I just feel like it's so unique. It's got this weird Tim Burton vibe to it. But if, if like Tim Burton was a family man <laughs> or something, you know, it's a yeah. little weird. So like, you know, probably... Honestly, probably 60-70% as far as comedies go, yeah, like 90s yeah. comedies. Yeah, why not? I'm right in there with you. For a movie called The Stupids, um, it's quite intelligent under the hood. Yeah. 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 I'm into it. Well, that is The Stupids. Yeah, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode and if you like the podcast, yeah. uh, don't forget to subscribe and rate and let your friends know about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just want to say hello to all our international listeners around the world. Um, we thank you so much for joining us today. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hail to thee, O Lord. Actually, it's pronounced Lloyd. All these years we've been saying it wrong. <laughs>